Gould went on to argue that evolution is full of strange twists and turns, and he said if you reran the tape of evolution, an entirely different set of creatures would emerge, certainly not human beings again. But later, when Conway Morris wrote his own book about the Burgess Shale, he came to the opposite conclusion and argued that evolution is highly constrained. It can only move in certain directions. That's why he's so set on finding every possible example of evolutionary convergence, to show that plants and animals with completely different histories can end up with nearly the same characteristics. Now, actually, one of the most interesting examples of an evolutionary convergence, that is to say, different starting points, as I would regard it, ending up with the same functional solution, is the camerae which has evolved in us, that's vertebrates, which relative to the fish and so forth, and the jellyfish, yes. They too possess these eyes, which are, for all intents and purposes, constructed in exactly the same way as our eyes are. They're much, much smaller, of course, and of course it begs all sorts of interesting questions because the jellyfish doesn't have a brain, for example, it has a nervous system. What I find very interesting is in the camerae, it's evolved in ourselves, it's evolved in the jellyfish, it's also evolved in such animals as the squid and the octopus, but it's evolved about another four or five times. And the really interesting thing about the camerae is the animals it's evolved in typically tend to move fast, they tend to be predators, they tend often to be intelligent. This question of intelligence is where Conway Morris's argument gets especially interesting. He claims it's inevitable that some simple organisms will evolve, eventually, many eons later, into intelligent creatures. I'm interested in the emergence of biological properties. And so, for instance, if we have a cognitive landscape which we know is shared by other animals, then that seems to be a property of Homo sapiens, but it's not unique to Homo sapiens. And so you've really got to ask, how likely is, is it that certain cognitive landscapes will evolve? Well, I think it's actually rather likely. I just want to follow up on this. Are you saying that there's something within the evolutionary process that leads inevitably to a highly intelligent species uh, like Homo sapiens? Well, I don't have any quarrel with the evolution of a highly intelligent species. I think that is an evolutionary inevitability, and I think any Darwinian biologist would have no quarrel with that, because we see so many examples of convergence, even in the octopus. The more we learn about the octopus in particular, things like their capacity for gaze, as we say, when interesting things happen, they definitely spend more time looking at them, their ability to play, their ability in certain cases to move from one tank to the other to get food they can see next door, all those sorts of things. And again, I'm not trying to say any more that the crow, the parrot, the dolphin, the chimpanzee, or the octopus are us. That's not my intention. What I'm saying is that they have cognitive capacities which are very much on the road to what is necessary to become fully human. This is the most controversial part of Simon Conway Morris's argument, where he runs into trouble with the vast majority of evolutionary biologists. He sees the intelligence and even tool-making abilities of various animals, for instance, the way New Caledonian crows create rudimentary tools, as evidence that a highly intelligent species will inevitably emerge. Don't worry about whether you're talking about a mammal or a bird. Think about the biological property, technology. Is that inevitability? Yes, the details of the evolutionary story would not be the same, but the end product, a sentient species, with an advanced civilization, in my view, is an inevitability. So, what do other experts on evolution think about this biological drive toward a highly intelligent species? I checked in with some prominent biologists. Ken Miller is a cell biologist at Brown University. Like Conway Morris, he thinks the evolutionary process will eventually produce a highly intelligent species. And I think it's fair to say 
that given time and circumstance and resources, living organisms are not only going to find the earthworm-style niche, and they're not only going to find the pine tree-style niche, they're going to find the high-intelligence niche as well. And I think that's why Conway Morris makes the argument that if not the evolution of humans in the sense of intelligent primates, but the evolution of an intelligent, reflective, self-aware being very much like us was, in his view, inevitable. I don't think any such trend exists. Species evolve and they're, they're just keeping up with a changing earth. That's Sean Carroll, a leading evolutionary biologist at the University of Wisconsin. He's written several books on evolution and writes a science column for the New York Times. Animals exploit what's available. You know, dinosaurs were pretty spectacular. All we've got left from them are birds, right? There is um, another school of thought here that if you play out the evolutionary process long enough, if you have a, you know, a nice planet like Earth with good environmental conditions, you will inevitably get a highly intelligent species such as human beings. Yeah, I'm not in favor of that. I